to Robin and Joa Save the World, One Book at a Time, a spoiler-free podcast sponsored by the good folks at Koros Books. That's Koros with a Q. Hello, everyone. I'm Joa. And I'm Robin. Welcome to the Robin and Joa podcast, where this week we have special guest Kern Carter with two self-published books and a traditionally published book on the way. Kern Carter is a Canadian hybrid author and blogger extraordinaire, but those are my words. On his Goodreads page, he writes, I hesitate to label myself as an author because anyone that publishes a book can claim that title. I am a writer, someone who lives with words and is in constant analysis of the world around me. Ooh. Kern, my friend, deep. welcome, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I almost forgot that I wrote that on Goodreads, so I'm, 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 I'm happy you reminded me about that. I was like, okay, I said that. I'm kind of a genius. Uh, is that the thought you had? I know. I'm like, where did I write that? Damn. <laughs> you know what though that was that was i when when you were reading it i'm like oh i actually do remember when i wrote that that was like a while ago when um like i was in my mode of being very uh like i i felt like i wasn't being heard and then i was seeing all these writers or all these authors you know put their books out and get published and i'm like this is not even good like what are these like i don't want to be an author if that's what it is you know what i'm saying i'm a writer like I wanna... so i was just like on my dumb stuff you know i was being stupid so <laughs> no that is i i love that that was so deep yeah no Good i know really how i feel and it, 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 it's true it's definitely how i feel but it's just i just remember the time like my mindset at that time so <laughs> yes <kind of> <laughs> yes love so it love was, it that was your clap back yeah yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> but yes thank you for having me i'm, I'm excited for this conversation Awesome. So, Joa, why don't you mm -hmm. tell us how you came first to know Kern? Yes. All right. Uh, so Kern and I go uh, back uh, a little bit. I wouldn't say way back, but we go back towards uh, when the, the Panini started, right? And um, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and and I was and that was when I was I was getting I was getting serious about my writing. And, um, and I had started my, my MFA program at that time. And I was like, Hey, the best way to get good. That was my mindset is just to keep writing, right. To keep going and, and do certain things. And because I was on lockdown at the time, I had a lot of, a lot of time to think about my life and, and think about things, um, in the past. So I found medium which is kind of like a blogging site and um and you can publish articles there and um and and then i i wrote a piece uh, i about my grandma i believe and um and that was my very first piece and that was uh very i was i was scared and i was like you know how it, and i think creatives and artists i guess we we are a little sensitive about what we what we put out to the world um and, and we're scared of that rejection because it's since what we create comes from us, I, I feel like it's no other way but to take it personal sometimes when you get that rejection. So it was it was in that with those feelings that I reached out to Kern 
on Crime Magazine, which is his um, his magazine on Medium. Go check it out. And um, and I reached out with this piece, and and he spoiled me because he was my first reach out, and he was the the person that was very encouraging. It was like, are you kidding me? This is great, and and, and this is awesome, and I and I love how you do this, and, and blah blah blah. And mind you, this is just me thinking that I suck and, and let me just write this and, and push it to somebody and see if they think it's good. But, you know, I didn't think so myself. So, um, he was, he was the very first that believed in my writing and I am very grateful for that. And I think Kern is a wonderful person. I will classify him as a creative and, and, and as an encourager because he, he does more than just write. Oh, you're you not know. kidding. Yes. Friends, if you're not following Kern Carter, Kern with a K, Carter, on Instagram, you are missing out. What are you yes. doing with your life? Yes. So <laughs> recently, Kern, you really on, are. on Instagram, you talked about followers are not fans and yes. fans are not readers. Mm. This, this was in reference to Billie Eilish's book. But can you say some more about that? How can people encourage more readers? How can they tell the difference between fans and readers? And should they? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. And I, I use the Billie Eilish example just because she's popular. So it'll be easy for people to kind of understand what I was trying to say. But um, I think when I think about followers, it's like really easy to just press follow or just press like it does it literally takes less than a second you know mm -hmm. it's not it's not any kind of investment of your time or any kind of investment of your intention of your attention so a follower really is not that big of a deal so you can have again like billy eilish 90 million like literally 90 million followers and that not translate into people who are actually engaged in every part of you right and among that those 90 million followers there are going to be people who are um, let's say fans, which is a little bit deeper than just pressing the like button, but they'll be a fan of Billie Eilish's music um, and they'll love everything that she puts out uh, and they'll go listen to it and they'll listen to all her albums and all her music. And those, those are, those are fans. Those are people who are truly fans of, of Billie Eilish, you know, but readers are different. Like the book world is a, is a whole different thing. Liter literary world is a different thing. It, it, it's one of those things that still demand your full attention. You can't casually read. You can't read while <laughs> yeah. you're doing the dishes. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You can't read while you're while you're dancing or something like that. Like you, yeah. it, it demands your full attention. So to go to to go from someone who just clicks like to someone who is actually going to sit down, open a book or open an article and give you 10 minutes to read an article or mm -hmm. the four or five, six hours it takes to read a book um, over, a, a, I don't know, depends. Let's just say over a two, three week period of time. Um, that's that's a, a real commitment. So the, the, the percentage of people from who press like to who will actually give you their full attention is actually really minute like really minute and again billy eilish is an example of that because i mean for her to sell sixty thousand books in a year is less than zero there's less than one percent of her fan base less than zero zero one mm. percent of her fan base mm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's a really really it can be a really big drop off so that doesn't mean that billy eilish doesn't have true fans it means that she doesn't have readers like she obviously has fans because her music sells millions of copies but she doesn't have readers which is an entirely different thing and i think authors trying to when you're trying to build um a, a, let's call this a fan base and build a readership really 
it's really you're trying to capture people's attention and that takes a little a little bit more effort than somebody pressing like wow let's let's talk about that current what kind of advice would you give to the regular everyday person like myself like joa on instagram who is an author who is trying to uh perhaps grow deeper connection like very willing to grow deeper connection with their followers uh what advice would you give i would say first um know where your audience is i will i'll I'll use myself as an example um it's interesting you said instagram because for the longest time i was obsessed with becoming popular on instagram i was like why aren't i popular i only have like at this time i had less than a thousand followers i'm like i have less than a thousand followers i want to be popping on instagram but um at the same time i'm saying this like at the exact same time i'm saying this on my blogs i'm getting like I had big articles that had like over 10,000 views. I had one article that went like pretty viral. It has over 80,000 views. I was getting a, getting a bunch of followers. I had over 2,000 followers. So I'm like, wait a second. Like I have to re, kind of restructure my thinking and say like, wait a second. If I go to my blog world where I'm actually writing, where I actually have readers, I'm already set there. I have 2,000 people who are reading my articles. Like we just spoke about readers, like who they're actually reading pieces and they're giving me the attention that I want. Yeah, here I am fighting on Instagram to get a little bit of attention, you know, for someone to press like on my on my yeah. one of my posts. So for the first piece of advice I would say is like find the platform that that's or go to where your audience is and go to where you get the most attention. And that might not be Instagram, it might not be LinkedIn, it might not be Medium, it might be it might be um like your newsletter it might be somewhere else so i would say first like find that audience where you're getting the most attention and stick with it like really invest time there and find again where people are reading the most not where people are liking the most but find where people are reading the most so once i made that commitment then it was it was a lot easier for me to see who my readers were and then i started engaging with them a lot more they started emailing me i started putting out content and focusing much more on my blog um and since then, I went from 2,000 to now I have 4,000 followers within a year. So I gained 2,000 followers in a year. So it was just really just kind of accepting that first. Um, and then you could start using these other platforms. So obviously, I'm still on Instagram. I even started using TikTok. But I just use it to for different purposes. So I use Instagram to kind of talk about myself and my family. Um, I'm not necessarily talking too much about writing. Sometimes I do. Uh, and I and I make sure people know that I'm a writer, but it's really just more about showing off my personality, like if, if anything, you know? Um, and then I use TikTok in a different way. I use TikTok to talk almost in, entirely about writing um because again i want i want to show a different part of me because i'm someone who studies the publishing industry and there's i don't i don't have there's no space where i write actually write about that so tiktok gives me the space to just talk stuff about writing and publishing like that piece about billy Eilish actually put that on tiktok first so like that's that's what i use tiktok for so i supplement my main space which is medium which is where i have all my following which is where i have all my newsletter subscribers now i just moved them over um i sub i kind of supplement that with with instagram and other platforms kern please write a book, <laughs> a book for people like me <laughs> we will learn so much from kern please i beg you so much i beg you Oh my god! I'm working on it. I'm working. On, I'm working on like a, a, a course. Um, so oh, and nice. All that, yes. And all that stuff will be on there too. So it's 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 coming soon. It's coming soon. Yes. Yeah. Please <laughs> let us know when the course yes. drops because and come we'll back be... on so you can talk about it. Yeah, and we will sign up. Like Joa and I will be your first students. We'll be. Yes. We, we promise we'll behave. Yeah. <laughs>
Maybe be quiet. I like Joe a little bit unhinged, you know. Yes, absolutely. I like that. You know, Kern, you just you dropped like a bunch of knowledge there because I never thought about that. But as soon as you started talking about Instagram and writing, <laughs> I was like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but it never occurred to me. I'm over hustling on Instagram. And I feel I don't called wanna... out. Oh, I'm seen. I've been seen. That's okay. I'm learning and growing. It's okay, Joe. We'll do better next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll do better. But one thing I do on Instagram is I do show my personality. Uh, well, you know, a lot. <laughs> a lot, maybe too much. Let's talk about that. You have encouraged writers to show more of their personality on social media. And as soon as I saw this, I was like, yes, because we don't need to talk about why. It's just such a tremendous need. When you advised people to show people to show more of their personality on social media, what were you thinking? What was your intention with that? And what is too much? Because I feel some people are afraid that if they show even the slightest sliver of their personality, it's too much. And that maybe if they had a yeah. sense, a baseline of what too much is, they'd feel more comfortable showing their personality. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. So I, I think the basis of what I was thinking about is that I I actually think writers are superstars. So I, I sometimes I post about uh, like uh, book sales and there are authors right now that no one has ever heard of in their life that have sold more than any rapper out there. Like, like not even close. Like yes. they're selling physical books still. They're not even, these aren't streams or downloads. These are physical books that they're selling. Um, and it's way more than, than any kind of musician out there. So when I, when I say writers are superstars and when I encourage authors to show their personalities, because I truly believe that, the thing that that makes mus musicians more interesting is that musicians are able just to the natural way music is they're able to show their personality through their music more than writers are able to show that through their books so social media though becomes a little bit more of a level playing field because now you have the opportunity on instagram or whatever um to show your personality you don't have like re if someone is not going to sit down and read your entire book now they could be like okay uh, who is this person? Who who is Joel? Who is Kern? Who is Robin? Um, so that they could ask, you could actually lead them into your writing a little bit easier. So when I say show off your personality, I just mean be yourself. Like that's that's that sounds super simple, but like you said, it's actually really difficult because you don't know what that baseline is. And if I'm being completely honest, I I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know how to say what is enough and what is too much because it's going to depend on your like. Am, am I allowed to swear here? I believe you are, Kern. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it depends on your don't give a fuck level. So if you don't give a fuck about um, what the the feedback is going to be about you being yourself, like being your true self, then you could go as far as you want. If there are um, responsibilities, let's say, and if there are outcomes that you may not like, like maybe you have a job that you have to be a little bit careful of what you say, or maybe you have... Um, I don't know, like you're in a relationship or whatever the situation is, Pe different people have different kind of risk tolerances, um, then that will affect exact kind of how, how you're able to put yourself on display. But if you really don't care, like if you're really just like, you know what, I'm going to be me. I don't really care about censorship. I don't care about being, um, what's the word now? When, when people, when people uh, uh, like cut you, they cut you off. What's the word now? It's like, uh, 
cancel you. Yeah, you don't care about me. Oh, right? yes. So, like, if, you, if, you're, <laughs> if you're truly just able to be yourself and, 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 and let that part go, then I think you, I think people like that. I think people just respond to people being you. And if you're interesting enough and, and you know, you, you, you say and do things that, that reflect who you are and people, people respond to that. It's tough, but I think, I, I think that's true. It's certainly true over time, I believe. Mm -hmm. And as I think about time, I think about five years passing, 10 years passing, Kern, it's 2022. You're <laughs> in year 15. You How does it, it feel? You know it. <laughs> it feels amazing. It feels amazing. You you did your research. What? <laughs> oh, Robin, Robin be scooping out a lot. Kern, oh my gosh. My next question is did your daughter get an NFT for Christmas or not? I have to know. Come on, tell me. <laughs> so we we switched paths and decided to create one ourselves. So we're actually going to make one. Uh, that's what we're working on now. So we had a conversation with a couple of artists to figure out how to actually make it happen, and they gave us like the best advice. So we're we're in the process of actually making one. Okay, you that blew my socks off, and I'm just trying to sit here and process What's that. What's an NFT? Oh we, we yeah, don't, we don't know yet. We have to find the the thing is with NFTs is you need a, a backstory. So you need something that's really gonna gonna galvanize people in a way and get people excited. So we're gonna work on the story first. She's an artist, so she could do the visual stuff. I'm gonna help out with the story side, um, and then we're gonna we're gonna see. But we don't we don't know yet. There's so many different options. We're still kind of in research mode, um, because it's it's a little complicated to wrap your head around you know it's simple and, and from one perspective but the the end-to-end -end process takes a minute so we're, we're we're in research mode still but we're definitely this year you're gonna see something from from me and my daughter from you and your daughter oh just, just a little uh disclaimer for our listeners out there an nft is a speculative investment so used with your own discretion we do not mm. offer financial advice <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I heard about it um before i just so is it it i just i'm trying to wrap my head around it is it like a movie is a is it like a complete just creative um storytelling yeah it could be anything you want technically it can be music like musicians put out uh, uh, music as nfts we're going to probably do something closer to some digital art um is, is what i anticipate but it can it can be a, like i could put my book cover out as an nft i could put my book out as an nft if i if i really yeah. want so it just it just depends on how far you want to take it and who you're able to kind of connect with to help on the on the te technical side because that that can wow. be a little bit tricky. Wow. See, so, so this is what I'm talking about, and anyone listening out there, you should. We're gonna give you the 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 data right on um, Kern, so that way you can follow him. But so Kern does something that is that is so amazing, and that is that, like he said before, he studies things. He studies um creative things and then he pushes it out on his blog and all his mediums that he's in and and then what we do get from that is we get that knowledge from him when we follow him and when we do his subscribe um to his email and all of that i'm telling you you're gonna learn something from kern if you follow him on social media or his newsletter and you should just warning for you disclaimer Thank you. i appreciate that Yes. So you published, you self-published two books and now you have a traditional book deal. Is it still, boy, it's 
the title of your book is Boys and Girls Screaming, or is it Girls? I'm sorry, it's Boys and Girls Screaming, right? Yep, Boys and Girls Screaming. There you go. You have to tell us, tell us a little bit about your book. Is it still due spring this year? Because there's been a big pushback in publishing. Are you still going to be out in spring? I'll still be out in spring, but it'll be late spring. But yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? No, tell us all about your book. Tell us about the process and getting, oh, tell us about getting an agent, Kern, tell us. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy, the agent process. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, for me, getting published was was like one of my end goals. So um, it, it's always what I wanted to do. But kind of stepping back to the self-publishing part, I, I was someone who was, even as a writer, like even knowing most of my life that I wanted to be a, a writer and like an, an author and a published author, at the time when I was writing my first book, I knew I wasn't good enough yet. Like I just knew it. And I felt not that I wasn't confident in my writing ability, but writing an actual novel your first time is is not an easy task. Like Joe, I'm sure you could you could probably relate yes. to that. But it's just not <laughs> an easy task. The learning curve is huge, even for a writer. So it took me actually six years to write my first book. Um, and obviously I was going through life and other things happening, but it took me that long to feel comfortable putting something out. Um, and that's why it was just a novella. It was only 72 pages. It was in this really kind of um, artistic format where I wrote in in short sequences that I call thoughts because the book is called Thoughts of a Fractured Soul. So it's just like kind of flashbacks of thought that connect together. So I wrote it like that. Yes, I, w- I was being creative, but at the same time, it was it was almost like my a- admission that I wasn't ready to write a full novel yet. Um, so I the the I, I'm what I'm saying is that I want I needed to learn, and I knew like I was really self aware, and I know I needed to get better. And um, when I was writing that novel, I think just to go back to your to your initial fifteen year point, Robin, when I was writing that novel. I showed my first draft to my professor, my university professor. And he was like, you know, he took the time to read it during finals. It was like 200 pages at this point. It was not a novella. It was 200 pages on Microsoft Word. Like, and I think it was single space too. It was like a monster. Jesus It was so ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I don't even know how he read it. I have no idea. But he read all of it. Mar- respect for that man. Yeah. Super, super respect for him. And, and then he brought me into his office and he spoke to me for an hour about it. And what I remember the most is that he said, you know, if you really want to do this, if this is something you want to do with your life, it's going to take you another five years to learn how to write, five years to build an audience, and then five years to make the amount of money selling books that you want. So that was, that was, this is year 15 of that conversation, which is what you're referring to. Yes. <laughs> we are, we are, he's, he was almost spot on, which is, which is a little scary for me to say that. But um, so when I, when I, Going back now, I got got that first book done, put it out, learned a lot, learned a lot about marketing, learned a lot about um, really building my audience and what like selling a book actually takes, um, what what partnership takes. Like it was it was a lot, a lot of learning curve. And then I put out my second book three years later called Beauty Scars. That was in 2017. <laughs> and I and I was excited about that also. And I learned more. Like, so now my book launch was bigger. The partnerships were bigger. Uh, I sold a bunch of books too. So like, I'm learning how to sell books and build my audience and all of that. But after that book came out, I promised myself that, all right, like now I feel ready. Like now I, I feel like I know how to write books. I've, I've studied the game and everything. Like, let's go. It's time to find an agent. Um, and so I set I set that as my goal. I'm like, I'm not putting out another book unless I'm unless I get published, right? Um, and so that's what I did. I went and I took trips to New York and I did all went to LA one time and I was just like really trying to focus on getting an agent. Um, but interestingly enough, the way I got my first agent was actually through networking, which people I think 
underestimate a little bit. So I I was super invested in the local writing community in Toronto. I'll go to all the book readings. I'll go to all the writing events, all of them. Like I just went. And on this one day that I actually didn't want to go, it was like cold. It was winter in Toronto. I was like, oh, I don't want to go. So, but it was really close to my apartment. So I walked over. Um, and then the person who was there who had seen me at previous book book uh, signings and book, book book readings and stuff like that, she started speaking to me, started asking me about my self-published books. I told her, she's like, you know what, it's, you need an agent. And she connected me with my first agent. Um, and although that didn't work out um, and I ended up with another agent, um, again, I thought networking was really important to, to, to making that happen. And I think people should realize that. And very quickly, because I feel like I'm talking a lot, but very no. quickly, <laughs> uh, the other, the way I got my second agent is, which is, I think, another important lesson is I got my second agent because of a, article that I wrote. So this is a long backstory. I wrote an article, um, a piece, and I think it was about my daughter, actually. Um, which one? The one the one that I loved? Which one? I don't remember which one it was now. Oh, my. Was, I even sent you an email. You So so Kern has, that's why I'm saying you need to subscribe to his newsletter. I'm telling you, you you're going to open those emails that he sent that he sent out. Um, so I opened it and it was like, it was heart wrenching, Kern. This was like one of your first. It was a series of emails. About you becoming a single parent and you broke, I was at work reading that thing and I was distraught. Oh my God. You, you pull so many strings. Yeah. You got to get on his newsletter. (laughs) That was, that was my failures as a father. So no, that was beginning of 2020 when I did, or no, beginning of last year when I did that. Yes. These articles was like a little bit before that. So it it was, it was before that. And I wrote it and then this, uh, news, this, uh, cable, uh, TV station in Toronto called CBC, which is probably our biggest public uh, uh, TV network. They they caught a wind of it of the article and they asked me to be on their show. Um, so I was on CBC and they aired it like two or three times. You know what I'm saying? And then the agent, an agent, heard that story and messaged me. He's like, "I love your story. Wow. I would love you know if you don't have an agent, I would love to be your agent." So that's really how I met my second agent, ah. and, my, and he loved me like he was so enthusiastic about my work. Um, and we ended up getting the book deal done. Uh, I think the beginning of 2021 is when I signed my actual, my my publishing deal. Nice. And now the book is coming out uh, early or late this spring. So uh, long, long-winded answer to say that if there are different ways to get an agent. Like the there's a traditional querying process, obviously, where you send a query and, you know, you cross your fingers and you hope that they respond to it. But um, there are other ways too. There are other ways. So again, like I got mine, essentially I got mine through blogging. Like that's, that's kind of how I got you it. You put in the work, Kern. You like, I you got famous and they came to you. That That's like everybody's <laughs> dream, you know? Yes. You're going to come, you're going to come find me. Cause you're going to know my worth. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I saw it played yeah. out on Twitter. I just want to know. I just <laughs> got to let people know. Follow him on Twitter too. <laughs> I love that. Heard this is I have never heard of someone before getting an agent in this way. I've heard like through Pitmad and through things like that, but never mm-hmm. wow, this Kern is, is fabulous. Of a kind, man. Yeah, yeah, this is a good story. Yeah. This is inspiring <laughs> for all of us. Really? Yes. yes. Yeah. Now, so you get an agent, but did you have your book written or did you have an idea for a book? How did this book, Boys and Girls Screaming, come to be? 
So Boys and Girls Screaming was an idea I had since I wrote my second book. There's So you're going to get like an exclusive story now because I've never told anybody this. (laughs) Boys and Girls Screaming was an idea for my second book. In Beauty Scars, if you read Beauty Scars, there's a part in it where... (laughs) I know you did. There's a part in it where um, one of the characters starts a, a, a group for um like for kids in her in her school or in her neighborhood and they need to register the the nonprofit so that they could actually make it more efficient and get money for it and she names a group boys and girls screaming um yes! yeah that was in that book so that was like i wrote oh. that in 2015 when i was still writing that book 2016 or something right so i as soon as i wrote that i'm like i love that concept boys and girls screaming i'm gonna remember that actually and i'm and i told myself i'm like my next book is going to be called boys and girls screaming without no idea of it i just like that little concept right so when uh, i was thinking of when i was trying to get thinking of getting an agent and thinking of writing my next book i was like i already know it's going to be called boys and girls screaming but what's it actually going to be about how can i actually tie that kind of thought of the the small group and tie it together into a bigger story and then um one of my friends had told me this story about um he was he was a foster parent and his foster child before he came into the foster home he had called his mom and and his and he told his mom he's like hey mom you know if you come and pick me up i won't have to go to this foster home anymore um you just have to say you'll come pick me up and she said no stay there and that story like ripped my heart out Aww. and stuck with me. So my the character, the, there's a main character in Boys and Girls Screaming named Candace. And Candace's mother abandons her like at the very beginning of the story in a different fashion altogether. But that abandonment, that like running away and leaving your child, um, that became the basis of like how I started thinking about Boys and Girls Screaming and that. And I compared that up with the the group, like the 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 thought of teenagers or young people forming these groups to help themselves, um, which is what Boys and Girls Screaming is about. It's about these group of teenagers, friends who form this group um, within their school to, of just to help themselves deal with trauma. And they call the group Boys and Girls Screaming. So that that's really how that kind of came to be. And then when my agent messaged me um, and he reached out, he actually reached out again. Like he didn't didn't even know if I had a book or not. So he reached out and he's like, uh, like, let me let me know what, what you got going on. So I sent him stories. And this is why I love my agent. I sent him stories and he's like, oh, I don't really like this one. Oh, I, like he was super honest. He's like, I this is like, there's work to be done on this one, blah, blah, blah. So we did this for like months. And then I was like, you know, I hadn't, for some reason, I just didn't send them boys and girls screaming. I wasn't, I wasn't done yet. I wasn't like in the mode where I thought it was like ready yet. So, so was it got, drafted like, already? It was drafted, yes. It was was in draft mode. Like, I was going, like, Boys and Girls Screaming went through, like, six, seven drafts. So I was probably around draft five. So by the time we got to to him not liking the first couple of stories that I sent him, I was was finally finished. And then I sent it to him, and he read it, all of it, that night. And the next day, he's like, I love the story. He sent me the contract the next day. Um, And he's like, let's go. Like, this is the story we're going to get. And then two months after that, we got, we signed the book deal. So I, wow. I was, it, it was a long kind of kind of trek, I guess you could say, but it was totally worth it because I felt like uh, it, Boys and Girls Screaming is like the first story that I wrote completely 100% from imagination, you know, like it was just me dreaming things up. Um, and although I took like maybe like real life emotions and stuff like that, like it was just these characters were completely made up. And I thought it was it felt special to know that my first published book was just like me being like 
in my heart like, like that's how i look at it for myself like me being like a true writer like I, it was like a true a dreamer and imaginer um so yeah i'm, I'm excited about it okay i love that, that. is so nice i, I know i can't love wait that to story. read that now you said two months so it was two months from story to finishing the first draft or two months from story to finishing an, an edited draft let us know oh okay so yeah there's there's a good story with this one too boys and girls screaming um i wrote the first draft in two months because um there was a, a an agent pitched happening in new york and i didn't find out about it. it was happening in august and i didn't find out about it till june and i actually found out about it on vacation uh but i was like kind of scrolling through my laptop i was on vacation in mexico i was like oh shit it's in june so i really only had two months so i've never written a first draft that quickly before so i wrote it really quickly um to go to the agent pitch because they said you have to have a full manuscript ready to, to pitch. So I did that, went to the agent pitch. Um, five agents were interested based on my pitch. And then, um, so this is in about August. And then five of them sent, five of them all wanted me to send them the full manuscript. And then all five of them said, no, uh, they don't like the full manuscript. But then one of them was like super helpful. She's like, you know what? there are here's what's wrong with your story and why i'm saying no and she gave me like all this feedback and the feedback was very harsh but it was super fair and it was actually really spot on and it was hitting points of my writing that i thought i was already good at so when i took that when i got that feedback at first i was angry because i was like fuck i thought i was good at this already but then i was just like <laughs> no Karen, you need to go get better so i took the took some time and put myself through a full novel writing class like i paid three grand put myself through the class from that january like i got the feedback in like november i signed up for the course in january the course went till august and it was the best thing i ever ever did in my life so it changed my writing it made me so much better and then that's the time that's the pro the time that time duration from january to august is when i was going through that stuff i just mentioned with my agent about sending him different stories because i was getting boys and girls screaming ready and then after that seven months those six seven months whatever um or actually it was eight months after that whole time i was like getting much better as a writer boys and girls screaming got ready um and then that's when i sent it to him and that's when he's like oh my gosh this is it let's go so um i mean again this is a lesson for writers is to be you have to try to find a way this this is what worked for me like you have to find a way to be really really honest with yourself there are very few great great natural writers like very few writers who are just naturally great you know like you have to work at writing you have to learn to write i have a piece yes. called learn to fucking write like it's like you have to learn how to write just because you can write doesn't mean you can write well so even as a writer even me as a writer who's gone through university i went to Eng i studied english at university so i did study writing like i did creative writing in school even someone like me has to kind of swallow my pride and be like shit i'm not good enough like that's the reality of it i wasn't good enough but when i finished that course and then i i put all i applied all my knowledge into boys and girls screaming it i I rewrote half the story. I had a full 60,000 words done and I deleted half of it and said, no, this is why I'm failing. And then rewrote the other half of it, kept the same characters more or less and rewrote over, over half of the book, to be honest. I rewrote, re rewrote like 40,000 words. So you can't be scared to first get better, but then you can't also be scared to be like, all right, this piece that I wrote that I just spent months on is not good enough. I need to do it over again. Um, and it took time. It took time it took a year <laughs> but i did it because this is what i want to do with my life to me it's worth it and I, was, I mean i was putting out other blogs and stuff too so i wasn't like only working on this but 
that's the investment that I wanted to make. Like that's how serious I personally want to take it. And it's not for everybody. And if it's not something you want to do with your life, like don't encourage you to do that. Just keep it fun because writing can also be fun. Keep blogging or something like that because that's fun. And writing can also be therapeutic. But for me personally, like I want to wake up and write books. I want to be a full-time author, which I think I'm going to accomplish this year. And so for me, Woo-hoo! it was worth the time, you know? Yes. I don't have so get many questions. Mad. Get better. Get better. That's a simple way of saying it. Don't get mad. Yes. So you sold this book, Kern. I imagine there's some pressure from your agent for another book. Is there another book after Boys and Girls Screaming in the pipeline? Oh my gosh, there are two. So here's I can't I can't say the publisher yet because we we haven't signed the deal yet. So I'm we're gonna sign that deal in in a soon let's just say but a publisher another publisher reached out to me again this is life guys sometimes this just happens it's like in the in the world another big publisher reached out to me and they're like hey we loved your writing um would you be w- willing to write a book on xyz for us and i'm just like what like yes of course so they reached because the publisher reached out to me i don't have to have the full book done you just have to have like a few chapters so i r- wrote a few chapters sent it into them. They absolutely love it. So right now we're in the process of just working out what the deal is going to look like. Um, I actually spoke to them earlier this week. So they're just, we're, we're literally just about to start wrapping that process up now. So I'm going to have another book deal. We'll have two book deals this year. And before that, my agent had told me after, so earlier this year, after we signed our book deal, we got it all wrapped up like earlier in 2021. After we got everything wrapped up, he's like, all right, Karen, you're in the game now. Start working on another one. So in March, I was already working on another book um, that I'm now completed. So we're almost complete. I'm just going through a little editing process. So I'm going to send that to him within the next month. And I'm ex- I'm anticipating having three publishing deals this year. So that 15 years of becoming a full-time writer, like this is happening this year. I, I, it's in Yay! my heart. <laughs> All right. Kern, way to be an overachiever with three book deals. That's awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. So motivational. Oh, this it's is awesome. <laughs> so, so a book you started in March, uh, walk us through just briefly your mm-hmm. process. So you start the book in March, you write a first draft, maybe you do an editing pass. Let us know how that works because your timeline is pretty awesome that you've completed this book already in January. So inspire yeah. other authors, please. I, I, the way I write, I write to try to finish something in my like I want my first draft to be like super good. I know that I'm gonna have another draft, but I I really focus in to make my first draft as close to done or close to complete as being possible. So I actually it it because I wake up early to write, I have like two or three hours in the morning where I write every single day and I write every day. So that I have that luxury, I have that it's a privilege, right? I understand that not everyone can do that, but I I can. So I use that. I use that privilege. I use that luxury. And that allows me to really kind of go at a steady pace, but then also go like be very um, critical of myself right away. So as I'm writing, like, let's say I get through a couple of pages, I'll read those pages and be like, "Mm, I don't like this right now. I already know this is going to suck. Like I take it out. So I'm editing as I'm writing, you know, like, so by the time I get finished the first draft, yes, it's a first draft, but it's, it's a, I would say it's a fairly polished first draft, you know, like it's not like so far from where, where it needs to be completed. And plus I'm, I'm someone again who made sure like, even after I took that one class I told you about for eight months, I took another class right after that. So I'm always trying to learn. I'm always learning and always reading. So I'm getting better. So at the same time that even though like 
um boys and girls screaming was was like five or six drafts and my first book took me six years and beauty's cards was like another two three years like all those books took me a long time i feel like as i'm improving i'm actually able to see the mistakes faster so with this book i was able to see where i was going wrong much faster than i was previously even in writing boys and girls screaming like i was able to kind of be like "Mm -mm, no no kern you need to set the pace more you need to slow (laughs) down more oh no you're 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 losing yourself here oh no kern the character would never do this like you know like i was able to catch those things much faster go back and edit them in the in real time so that yes it's this is probably uh like a i would always encourage writers like i don't know any writer or author who would like write a first draft and call that complete like i would say never do that uh but at the same time i feel like uh i'll probably only do like two or three drafts or i only did two drafts for this book um two and a half drafts for this book because i'm i felt like i'm i was able to kind of catch my mistakes a little bit faster and and i'm learning and i feel like i'm just getting better what's your, what's your average daily word count Ooh, good Ooh. question i don't know what my word count is i'll say about <laughs> but i'll do about uh or do you do by time yeah i go by time that's that's something i do i go by i i start at six and i finish at nine or whatever i get that i get done sometimes that's three pages sometimes it's to be honest sometimes it's one page (laughs) sometimes it's five seven pages so i'm I'm totally like a time person nothing wrong with that so you're a sit sit in your chair kind of person yeah and you show up yes yeah exactly exactly and the morning time is just good for me because i get distracted so if but if there are no distractions i'm i'm better like that i need like i can't write with distractions i just can't yeah yeah same same if i don't get it done early in the morning kind of like it's a it's not getting done yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. i'm the same way i completely get it i have a question for you would you say that um ghost writing also helped you in, in getting better at writing yeah it totally helped me with um voices and understanding character first of all it it helped me in two different completely opposing ways it helped me in being able to um get inside people's heads so write, writing for other people is like almost like character building you could associate that in a way because you have to like be somebody else so it helped me with that for sure and then it just um it also kept me consistent which which also helped the other thing though that it did was it, it allowed me to make money uh it's it, like it, <laughs> yes that that, that money <laughs> gives you like a little bit of time freedom you know what i mean so like the fact that i was able to make money ghostwriting was like and make money doing what i still love to do which is right even though they weren't my stories um it, it just gave me time and and a uh, time freedom to actually write without having to um, necessarily commit to being in a job like nine to five you know what i'm yeah, saying so yeah. the time freedom was like super essential um to 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 my process and my progress i should say of course. Would you say too? So I love talking about money since we're on the subject, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say it's kind of like a happy medium of um, because going to where you know you have to get commitment from uh, from people that follow you, so that way they can read your works and so forth. And commitment requires trust, right? So, what would you say is a happy balance, gaining trust? from um, a followership to trust you in your writing so that way they can be readers, right? And maybe earning that trust through freebies. So what is the the, the balance between gaining trust through freebies or, or discounted and um, making money? Because I mean, we need to make money, right? I mean, so that way Hell we can yeah. continue writing. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that's a really good question. And, and something that I, I've been thinking about more and more this year, um, as I'm like, building different pr- platforms with like cry magazine and then um love and literature and stuff like that 
what what I'm learning, and to me, I'm I'm still learning this. So, you know, kind of take it with a grain of salt. But I I think that it's really about um I think about building assets and what value each asset has. So, um, my book, what what value does do my books have? I think my books are assets, like huge, va- super valuable assets. So I will, there will be very rare instances where I'm going to give my book away for free. You're going to buy my book. You know, like there'll be free <laughs> yeah. copies here and there, but no, you're spending all $20, $30 on my damn book. Um, that's, that's it. I think it's worth that, that value. My blogs, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give them to you for free. Like that, that's where you get to know who I am. That's where you get to see me as a writer. That's where I build community. I build community through my blogging. So I can start developing um, the readers that I'm going to need to eventually buy my book. Um, if they're, if you're working on something else, I'll use myself as an example. So like um, Love, Love, Cry Magazine. Cry Magazine is free. It's on Medium. It's free. Again, that was a conscious decision because we wanted to reuse Cry Magazine to build community that's what it's about it's 100 percent about community building love and literature um is another platform that i created where we it's a lot more editorial than cry it's, it's way more selective with who we choose to write we only choose like one writer per month um that's technically we 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 kept it the access free but we see love and literature and i say we because me and my business partner we see love and literature as an asset though we always saw it as an asset as a sellable asset so even though we kept the content free we're building this up so we could actually sell it and when oh, when wow. about halfway through the year when we realized exactly what the value was of love and literature we we're able to go to partners and then i think um, you may or may not have known this, but I posted it recently where we we got investors, and now we our first investor check just cleared like a couple of days ago. So we what? got we got okay. someone to invest into into the concept of love and literature, and specifically a concept we're calling Teens Love Lit, where we're actually having teenagers share stories on the platform in the same oh. way we go for love and literature. Um, but now it's worth something. Now it's valuable. Now someone has placed a dollar value on it. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to take the podcast model and keep the content free for readers, but we're going to charge sponsors. We are, we already have investment partners and we're going to charge, charge advertisers. So we consciously built that as a, um, again, a sellable asset. So it's really about uh, having some kind of discernment about what pieces of your writing uh, and your platform building you think are most valuable and sharing it in the way that you think it, it deserves and, and putting a price on what you want to put a price on and how you want to put a price on it. Um, again, I'm building a course. That course is definitely not going to be free. It's going to be the most expensive thing we sell. But I don't expect, I, I expect to sell tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of copies of my book. That's my goal. With the course, we don't expect to sell that much. We don't expect to, we don't need to sell 100,000 courses. You know, we're going to sell, it would be great if we sold 1,000 courses to, you know, 1,000 people who really need it, but the price point is way higher. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to make a little bit more. So it's it's really about that, just figuring out what 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 which one of your, like what is valuable, what are assets, what is free, and how you could like build the funnel to get to those different points. Ah, so it's like, so building community, make it accessible. So that way you can build that community. And then um, those things that you have identified already as something that are assets or that you want to sell, just keep those as a selling point, but bring people in through that discounted and and free um, community. I like that. I like that. That's been something that I've been thinking a lot uh, about, you know, because as I, as I progress, I should say, I'm kind of like in the baby mode right now, because I'm not there yet. But as I progress, it's like things that I need to think about and have a plan on. And yeah. uh, 
Yeah. And you should have a plan on it. Like this is these things should are deliberate. They're not like my journey, like I, as I explained today, was very deliberate. I know what I wanted to do. I knew like, you know, like I want to be a published author. I knew with what, what we want to do with love and literature. Like these things are deliberate and take time. So I love that you say you're planning and thinking about it now, even though like maybe you're not where you want to be. But to be honest, that doesn't matter. Our investors, they we they bought into us based off what they saw us do with love and literature, but really the, they based on, based it off of an idea. Like the the teens love lit has not even come out yet. We have zero subscribers. They just we were aligned on some things and we knew that, so we chose our partners wisely, and we showed them a concept that they that we thought would work, and they thought that we could execute. So you know, yeah, like it, yeah. it's really you, you. Sometimes you think you're far away, and you really aren't that far away. It's just really about again being able to identify what the value is, and then who will who would actually see the same level of value that you see in it um, to be able to maybe maybe you know pitch it to that person or pitch it to an audience or or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have another question for you, Kern. So because this is something about you that I really admire, and that is your how how open you are to being vulnerable. So mm. would you, would you say, and, and that's something, and I see that in your works and anybody that will read your work can see it. That it's just your vulnerability is, is right there on plain sight for people. And that is so endearing. And that is so, I think it, it helps me to trust you. Um, mm. Because when I see somebody being open and vulnerable, then I'm like, okay, I can trust that person. And so would you say that that's the kind of level that we should be in as creators so that way we can get that buy-in from, I, I, you know, potential clients, followers, you know? Yeah, you, you, you said it, it, it because it, it does build trust. Like if, if you're willing, again, we spoke about this earlier, if you're, how honest are you willing to be? How open are you willing to be? Like you're calling it vulnerability. How vulnerable are you willing to be? It, that that the level of vulnerability I show, like you said, makes people know like, oh, he's a real person. Like he is he is in this, you know, like he is yeah. in this. And you feel connected to my life in ways that you wouldn't be if I wasn't this vulnerable, if I was just putting out how-to content and nothing wrong with that. I'm just giving an example. But yeah. you just you wouldn't connect with me in the same way, or you would have a different connection with me. And I want people to feel deeply connected to me because because I feel that if you trust me, Kern, the person, then it almost doesn't matter what I put out. You're gonna you're gonna trust yeah. anything that I put out because you're gonna you're gonna read love and literature and you're gonna read my books and you're gonna come to my platforms because you trust me. You know that I'm gonna give you something that's that's high quality that's very sincere that's very honest like you're gonna trust all those things because i'm vulnerable in my writing and i let you know exactly what's in my head and what's in my heart like now that that takes part a little time and a little bit of, of guts yes um, and it's, sometimes <laughs> it's uncomfortable and to be real with you there are things that i i won't share like i'm not sharing everything in my life you know there are things with my family that i feel that you know some things i put out there that i was like oh shit like that was a lot and i had to have like like with my my failures as a father series, there was things I said about my mom, and, and I kind of warned her. I'm like, hey, this this chapter is going to be about you, so you know, like just yeah. warning you. Blah, I blah, read blah, those. Blah. I thought those were so. <laughs> oh my god, gut wrenching. I love those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So sometimes you have to do that. You know, like you have to kind of you know think about how it's going to impact other people. But again, I, I, I. <laughs> My don't give a f level is 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 some is fairly high, um, and I think <laughs> I can that, tell. <laughs> I think that um people people are starting to get used to that now, so it's 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 cool. And to me, um, 
I learned very early on in my writing that sometimes uh, maybe let's call it offending a couple of people who are close to you is worth helping other people or thousands of people that that you've never met in your life like i think the the helping people feel like they they're part of something helping helping people feel seen and heard is like a real blessing like a real yeah. real blessing because that's a tough that's it's a tough position to be in when you feel like no one understands you and and the pieces i put out are like you said they're vulnerable so they help people feel seen and they help people feel heard that's really what cry and my writing is all about so if i can do that and touch more people i think it's worth maybe making a few of my family members or friends, whatever, feel uncomfortable. It's worth it, huh? Totally yeah, worth it. it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I have one last question for you, Kurt, because I don't want to close out without, without this. What is your advice to, to fellow writers on three things that we should be doing to, to self-develop? because you touched upon it, you know, what are, what are some things that you do to self-develop, but what are some things that you advise that we continuously do so that way we can improve on our craft and it's not just one and done, right? We, we yeah. got to continue to grow. So what are three things? Uh, I would say the first thing is um, educate yourself. If you're able to do that financially, do it all the way. So put yourself through a course, a writing course and stuff like that. Where And, and be very specific about the course you're taking. Take a course where you're going to get um, one-to-one -one feedback so the 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 professor of the course is almost like your your men, your mentor where they're actually giving you feedback on your on pieces of writing that you're submitting because feedback is the best 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 way to grow as a novelist a hundred percent i don't think there's anything that can compare to it um so do that put yourself through a course if you can't afford to do that then there are youtube channels there are master classes there are stuff that are free that you should watch go on youtube and start youtubing some writing videos and take learn all of it try try to consume all of it they're helpful they're not as detailed obviously as a course you're not going to get the feedback but you'll still learn and learning is number one so i would say always learn number one okay so there's regular advice which is like make sure you keep reading like reading is actually essential to writing also so like make sure you keep reading and stuff like that but for me i think the thing that that authors kind of ignore a little bit is be into culture be be aware of what's happening around you you know like be aware of what's happening in the world writing is about like we are we're like the the the, yeah. the historians of the world we're the yeah. dictators of history we're the dictators of culture we are writers are 100 everything you see in this world in this world that is projected on social media on tv on 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 the internet it starts with the writer so i would say just understand what's happening around you in the, in the world around you so that you could actually infuse those things into your stories um and even into even if you're imagining even if you're imagining like something that has nothing to do with reality i think if you understand the reality then those things will hit people in a different way it'll hit them harder and it will connect with them harder so even if you're writing about dragons the the understanding politics what's happening in politics or understanding what's happening in social justice you're able to make connections um to the world where people could understand that those dragons represent something bigger so that that that's the other thing wow. I would say. and the last thing i would probably say is um study the publishing industry when i when I went back and, and rewrote Boys and Girls Screaming, um, yes, that the class obviously was like the number one thing that helped me for sure and, and it helped my writing. But honestly, I I 
studying the publishing industry, like I subscribe to newsletters, um, I read, I like I know, obviously, like I talked about, uh, I, or I spoke about, uh, like knowing how many, how many books author sells, I know which book, which books got picked up by which publisher. Um, and I know what those books are about, like I, I read the summaries of what those books are about. So I had in my mind already, like, these types of books sell this type of book will make sense. This is the type of story that would make sense. And what I realized with the previous version of Boys and Girls Screaming was, it was, I could not pinpoint what the story was about. And like, it was beautiful and I loved it, but I, one of the weaknesses was I couldn't pinpoint what it was about. So once I rewrote it, I rewrote it into a way that the surface level story was like super simple like it's just and i knew i was targeting uh, young, young adults so i was like the surface level story is super simple you, you could get it like anyone can read it you could be honestly a 12 year old could read this story and they'll understand what's happening but because i'm also like i love writing and i'm not just going to put out like a basic story the undertones of the story are deep and the writing is still kind of heavy and it's like still poetic and beautiful in parts like so i, I was able to still carry all the things that I love about and I care about as being a writer but at the same time I'm like trying to sell books here and I need people to yeah. understand what I'm writing about so I learned that through studying the publishing industry so again those are three probably a little bit different pieces of advice and, and it takes a little bit more but I mean if you're serious about it again then those things uh, at least for me work <laughs> if you can yeah before we close out if you can okay. let the listeners know where we can find you so that way they can go ahead and subscribe. They can go ahead and follow you, read Crime yes. Magazine and Love and Literature yes. and all of that. Please let us yes. know. I would say start probably kerncarter.com. We'll have all the links to where I am. So K-E-R-N Carter.com for sure. Um, but go to if you go to Medium, which is the publishing platform, my blog, um, that that's where you really want to start with me. Like my my blog is a, is the the kind of um the 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 laneway i guess to my life you know like that's where you'll find everything about my writing you'll see all my blog posts and then you could subscribe to my newsletter on medium now too like I've, I've moved all my subscribers over to medium so go to medium and 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 follow me there follow my blog there um and then you'll also get access to cry magazine go follow that you'll you'll see a bunch of amazing amazing writers on cry magazine so make sure you follow that um and then get ready for Teens Love Lit, that's coming in in February. You're going to see that. Um, and then obviously my book, Boys and Girls Screaming, is coming out in, in sometime in the spring. So look out for that. But currentcarter.com is where you can find everything. Or to be honest, just Google Current Carter now. I, I think that it's possible to actually Google Current Carter and you will see all my stuff. So it's super simple. It's so true. He's easy, easy, easy to find friends. And that's Kern with a K, Kern Carter. Thank you again, Kern. We appreciate all your wisdom. Thank you very much. And now it's time for Joa and I to save the world. One book at a time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.